0: welcome to next on the t with chris mascaro where pga and lpga players legends and the top instructors in the game share their insights and playing lessons join chris every tuesday night as he talks with the greats of the game tonight's show is sponsored by the french lick resort the pga tour superstore
1: the bobby jones apparel company ben hogan golf two under taylormade golf and golf pride. Now, here's your host, Chris Mascaro.
2: Good evening, folks, and welcome to Next on the T. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me tonight. Before we get into tonight's show, I want to give a shout out to our new sponsor, the Macklemore, which is a beautiful community resort and golf course up on the side of Lookout Mountain. Just 35 minutes outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And folks, you got to see this place to believe it. Go look it up online at themaclemore.com. M-C-L-E-M-O-R-E, themaclemore.com. Everything about the place is beautiful. The golf course is co-designed by our good friends Bill Bergen and Reese Jones. Our friend Kip Henley on Twitter said outside of Pebble Beach, it's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. CYE says that by checking out the course and the resort online at themacklemore.com. All right, now on to tonight. And I get to share two really great guests with you tonight, starting off with one of the designers I mentioned just a moment ago, and that's Bill Bergen. We're going to hear about the collaboration between he and Reese Jones at the Macklemore. We'll hear about what they were able to do. How do you build a course on the side of a mountain? I mean you look at Lookout Mountain it's a beautiful place and the, you know the views from it are spectacular put a golf course on it boy I'm sold so we'll talk about that and the, the patch of land that's the breathtaking 18th hole again that uh, Kip Henley was talking about you got to go online to the to see what that 18th hole looks like we'll talk about that and some of the other project that uh, Bill is working on he'll join me about 25 minutes from now following him I'll be joined by Paul Brandland Paul is the Eastern sales manager for Sun Mountain Sports. Go online to sunmountain.com to check out their great golf bags and pull carts. With social distancing now, maybe it's time for us to get back to walking more. They also have some ultra-lightweight bags, and their push carts look fantastic. Plus, you have to go online and check out their new Finn Cycle that you can actually put your golf bag on and zip around on the golf course on what's essentially a motorcycle Looks like a ton of fun. I hope more courses start to put those in play versus the regular golf carts. Looking forward to having Paul join me about 25 minutes from now. And then I'm going to round out tonight's show by playing an interview that I did a while back with Andy Lano. Andy, as you recall, is a PGA Tour caddy for about 25 years, spent a long time on the bag with Kenny Perry. Andy actually went over to Ireland and played at one of the top golf courses on my bucket list now, which is Old Head. So I want to play that uh, interview for you. Andy had a ton of fun, and the interview was a ton of fun to do. So I'm going to replay that for you about 45 minutes from now. So there you have it, folks. More great stories, tips, and information coming your way tonight in this edition of Next on the T. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. Want to start out by saying hello to my good friends Mitch and Matthew Lawrence and reminding you about their shows? Mitch's podcast is called Talking Golf Getaways, which you can stream online at golftripx.com. Also available on Player.fm. He and his co-host, Aaron Bunch, they take you around the U.S. and Canada, some of the great places that you can go stay and play. They also let you know about some of the hidden gem courses that you might not be aware of. Go online to golftripx.com to check out their podcast. Matthew's show is fantastic. It's called Backspin Golf. It's my regular Sunday morning, 8.03 a.m. Eastern tea time. You can stream the show live by going online to WLXG.com or downloading the WLXG app. He's got our good friend Perry French in the first segment every week, so you know they kick off the show with a lot of great tips and content there. Matthew has a lot of other great guests every week. He's a wonderful friend and a fantastic host. Check out his show again, Backspin Golf on ESPN Radio WLXG and online at WLXG.com. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade and the TaylorMade TP5 and TP5X golf balls played by Ricky Fowler, John Rom, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and Jason Day. And it's the hottest tour ball in golf. You know those names, but thousands of other golfers have already made the switch to play the TP5 and TP5X. And now both TP5 and TP5X are available on high visibility yellow. And I love the yellow golf ball. It's time that you made the switch. Check it out online by going to TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information. All right, now back in making his eighth appearance with me is Bill Bergen. Let me remind you about Bill's background. He played his college golf at Auburn University from 1978 to 1981 and was named first team All-SEC every year, and he helped Auburn win the 1981 SEC Championship. His 65 during the 1979 Pan American Tournament still ranks, as one of the lowest 18-hole scores in Auburn golf history. He's played in over 250 professional tournaments worldwide, including three U.S. Opens, two Open Championships, and over 50 PGA Tour events. He's now recognized as one of the top golf course designers on the planet. He started his own design company called Bergen Golf Designs, and he has designed or renovated courses all over the world. Bill has been involved in over 70 golf course design projects, you can see his work by going online to bergengolf.com and I'm very excited he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey Bill, how are you my friend?
3: I am very well Chris, how
2: are you doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. How are things going out in uh, in all of your design projects? What's the latest? Well, we're uh,
3: traveling down the road in our mobile office, hopefully the audio is okay for you. It's fine. And we are just Just returning from a project we have under construction in Dalton, Georgia, Dalton, Golf and Country Club. And we also toured Macklemore this afternoon. And uh, I know you know that project and are getting more and more familiar with it. And so uh, it is always time well spent when you're on that property.
2: Oh, no doubt. And that's that's what I want to talk a lot about tonight. As you know, they're uh, they're one of our newest sponsors here on the show. And and you and Reese Jones co-designed that golf course. so. I want to start off by just kind of going back to the beginning of that project. Talk about getting involved with that piece of property and what it was like uh, collaborating with Reese.
3: Well, I have done a good bit of work in Tennessee, actually probably more than anybody uh, anybody around. Uh, and uh, some of my best work is in Chattanooga, uh, Chattanooga Golf and Country Club, and a redo of a Donald Ross course there. And then um, I did practice facilities at the honors course. And so Macklemore, while it is in North Georgia, the owners of the, of the company are, are really out of Chattanooga. And so they knew my work there, and they hired me to do the golf course. And it was an existing course called Canyon Ridge. And when they hired me, we got into planning, and we, we master-planned the golf course. We knew what we were going to do. And then they also hired a national uh, development firm called Park Powerton. And Hart Howerton's a land planner, and they look at the big picture stuff like clubhouse and roadways and residential development, hotel opportunities and all of that. And in discussions with our owners, they you know they were questioning what type of resort or facility Mathamore would be, and they felt like you know they really wanted it to be a, a property that draws people from all over the southeast. And, and more a really big regional development, and so they were they were intimating that we needed a bit bigger uh, name in the design business for that. And I had already uh, collaborated with Reese on a job in Florida, and so I called him up. I said, "Hey, Reese, I've got a project in in um, North Georgia up on Lookout Mountain. You would you be interested in participating with me on that project?" And he said, "Absolutely." So Reese and I are good friends. Uh, we get along great. You know I've led the the design work on both projects, so he's been more of a of a consultant and a mentor and advisor uh, so it's been a really nice collaboration
2: and you mentioned that it was a a course before Canyon Ridge. How much of the original design did you keep, or was this a a complete redo?
3: No so the routing is is very similar to what it was originally and We pushed and pulled and and widened and made it more playable. It's a very difficult golf course. It was a golf course that you needed to bring a lot of golf balls. (laughs) And I'm just, I don't care who you are. You need to bring a lot of golf balls. So one of our our goals was to make it much more fun and much more playable. It is an incredibly dramatic, photogenic property. When you get there, you don't have to play golf to have a great time. I mean, you're simply blown away by the beauty of the land. And so um, the Sort of the original 17 holes were were blown up as far as greens complexes. We were, you know, we pushed and prodded and stretched and again widened everything out and 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 really blew up the greens complex. So they're all brand new. And then the 18th hole was on top of the hill and it had a great kind of long distance view to the mountains. But it was also the area where we needed to put our clubhouse parking and all of that. We just didn't have enough room to properly position this resort. And so um, our owner, Dwayne Horton, asked if we could possibly locate the AC pole down, down the hill from its current location. And I said, well, let me go check. And there was a hiking trail down there. So I walked the property and I came back bloody, uh, scratched up, uh, briars, all kinds of stuff. But I came back and said, hey, Dwayne, we can do this. And what we found was a rock ledge down there, and and it, so it it's it it's a steep slope on the right side, but then it flattens out and then it drops off the planet, and so left of our 18th pole, it literally drops 1,200 feet down to Macklemore Cove, and well, we're named after Macklemore, so this was a, a, a an incredible discovery and opportunity when um, when we went down there and decided, hey, yes, we can build a golf hole here. And it was it was a challenge. It was an expensive hole to build. It's a hard hole to get to, but boy, is it worth it and And you're going to see a lot of photography on it over the next few weeks or, or months because we we're, we're having it professionally shot. and what what you see in the photographs is going to be absolutely gorgeous, but it does not do it justice. Chris, when you get out there and you look down over the hill from the 18th green or or sit out on the eighteenth fairway, the scope is so big just blows you away. So, what a what an exciting uh place. So that's a brand new golf hole and the rest of the golf course was completely renovated.
2: So, Bill, and and I I don't want to leave the topic of the 18th hole yet because I am sure you saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago Kip Henley, who's from that area, talked about how it's the most beautiful finishing hole in golf outside of anything he's ever seen outside of the the 18th at Pebble Beach. So, if uh, hey, we'll, you talked about we'll having to Scaled. Yeah. So talk about, you know, how you again, you talked about having to scale down and all the things you had to get through to just see an area. How did you go about putting that that hole where you had to put it?
3: Yeah. So if you the 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 old 18th hole sat on the edge of a plateau, a high plateau. And what we did is we went 400 feet east and 100 feet down a hill and 100 feet doesn't sound that much, but it really was a lot. Um, and the 400 feet east took us to a point we had this rock cliff. And we had to clear seven acres of land. We weren't able to haul trees out, uh, from that place because it was so steep getting in and out of the golf hole that we had to burn on site. And Georgia has a restriction, so that kind of delayed our opening on that hole. But we burned all the, all the timber on that site. We exposed rock. We, we basically cut the entire right side and pushed it left. And then we had to we had to dynamite um, the area, you know, between the tees and the fairway. From the fairway to the green, it actually fit reasonably well. We knew that we could do a nice golf hole. But from the landing area back to the tees, there was a deep ravine and a, a massive rock that Chris had. It had a 50-foot tree growing out of the top of the rock, probably 36 inches in diameter, growing straight out of a boulder. And, um, wow. you know, we had to we had to blast that out. And it was the size of a house. I mean, it was a a size of a good house. And so that was the only blasting that we had to do, but it was, it was very challenging to build. Um, And when we all were really excited, I would tell you that it really exceeds my expectations. I had high expectations, but it exceeds them. And so it's, it's just a, an amazing place to finish. Every group that plays the golf hole seems to take a photograph. And, and standing on the 18th green, uh, just off to the left, it's not unsafe, but just off to the left of the 18th green, it drops off 1,200 feet. And so, yeah, you don't want to get on the very edge, but but there's plenty of room and, and room for your golf ball, and it, it plays nicely. A challenging hole, but but a fun one.
2: And you talk about all the all the people that you know stand to take a picture, so we 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 get an idea that it's on the side of a mountain and there's a huge drop off. But talk about when you look beyond the eighteenth green, what you see.
3: Yeah, so it's got this uh, basically an infinity look, but when you're standing in the fairway, you see three tall trees and then right on the edge of the rock is a small Virginia pine, which is kind of like, like our lone cypress, if you if you think about Pebble Beach and Cypress Point and, and seventeen mile drive. We've got this little Virginia pine right on the edge of the rock. Off of that, it looks like that tree is growing off of a like a diving board almost, and and the rock cuts underneath, so it has a reverse C um, underneath that tree, and it, so it's incredible. And then the land down below is basically just farmland, um, beautiful wooded land. There you see you know barns in the distance, and uh, and Pigeon Mountain is on the other side of the cove, so you're looking out into the distance to the mountain. So it, I think you can see, uh, you know, Rock City sort of says seven states from there. Uh this is a similar view.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, at the site online again, the com. And when you look out there, it seems like you can see forever. It's it's one yeah. of the most breathtaking sites I've ever seen on a golf course and you know, uh, I'll take Kip Henley at his word, he's seen a whole lot of great ones. And if this is right there with line, uh, the 18th at Pebble, at Pebble, amazing.
3: Very nice. So our tagline is play above the Cloud. And it's an interesting tagline, but literally, you'll be out at Macklemore, and there are times when you're on a team where the birds are soaring below you, which is really wow. kind of interesting to watch them gliding and riding air currents, and they're lower than you are, and then we, the weather at Macklemore is very cool. It's one of those areas, I think you talked about Old Head earlier when I, when I called in. But it's one of those areas where if you don't like the weather, just wait 30 minutes because it, it can change and it can change dramatically. It's just a an incredible microclimate of its own, and it sits We're we're 2,000 feet above sea level, so we're not you know we're not very we're not totally cool as far as like highlands where you're 4,000 feet, but we we are five to seven degrees cooler than Atlanta or Chattanooga or the area down below. So it's it, it's just a lovely place to go and it's 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 rugged mountain so it's a lot of rock you'll see rattlesnakes occasionally um and it it's just got that you know just that rugged mountain type of look lots of lots of boulders a uh, great place for hiking there's hang gliding uh, all kinds of outdoor sports are in this area so we we love it and it, it feels like you know you're always on vacation when you're at macmor so bill we talked a lot about the 18th
2: hall Talk about the rest of the golf course and, and the views that you get there, and, and kind of what's the feel for the rest of the course before you reach that spectacular 18th.
3: Very good. So the first hole is a part five, and it, it starts out up on top of the hill, and you you hit a downhill tee shot and you know you can see forever. You see the mountains in the distance, but it's green. The first green sits on the same edge as the 18th hole. So that's pretty cool. So your first hole, you get the feel of it, even though you're not having to hit across it or alongside of it. But when you stand on number one green, you get to look forever. It's just beautiful. And then we we have what we call the canyon hole. So number two plays down into a canyon with a beautiful lake. And really holes two through seven, you're kind of in that canyon. Um, and so that has a certain feel about it. And then you rise back up to the eighth hole onto that plateau and it's sort of a highlands area where the golf course is more straightforward as far as land movement. Uh, still gorgeous, but it's, it's, it's more traditional, you know, a highland plateau. And then we have our, our holes that are on the edge. And so we've got kind of got three different topographies all within our 18 hole golf course. So it's really, really something special a few favorites number two is probably the hardest hole in the golf course Uh, like i was saying it plays down into the canyon there's a beautiful lake that um is in play off the tee although unless if you hit it pretty long but then the, the fairway wraps around the lake with the green on the far side so it's a gorgeous gorgeous hole um challenging but but really beautiful and then the sixth hole is, is our infamous hole. It's a par five that the second shot probably drops 150 feet down into the, down into a valley on in the green. So the tee shot's level and high. And then your second shot just drops straight down Uh beautiful view uh, and very dramatic hole. And so that, that, that's one that's, as, as Dwayne says, it's our least favorite and most favorite depending on the person.
0: <laughs> Who doubt.
2: So from a, designer standpoint for those of us that are now dying to get up there and to see this course in person and to play it talk strategy am i am i playing am i getting it sounds like a lot of elevation change a lot of it downhill am i also getting the same coming back the other way is it is it that that much uphill and how would i how should i frame my shots to play it successfully so so good question
3: so the downhills are quicker and more dramatic the uphills are, are softer and more gradual. And a couple holes that really stand out, the, um, the par 5 hole is a, a long par 5, probably in the 570-yard range. But it climbs consistently from tee to green, and it, it probably rises 60, 70 feet. Um, but it does it gradually. And it's a beautiful hole. It's sort of S-shaped, and it wraps around, you know, giant rocks. And when I say giant rocks, I'm talking boulders that are as big as your home, and and it also has a sort of a creek that runs through it as well. So that's a, a tremendous hole, and that's one that does climb well up. 14 is the same. It's it's along the entrance road, and it's just a gradual climb. It's a nice wide driving hole. You can let your driver rip, and it's just a good mid iron shot into the green. But that one is is handling some of the uphill. So we handle the uphill partially in golf carts, which is nice, and partially um, with some long long holes that slide up and then i love the, the last three holes the 16th 17th and 18th are, are really pretty amazing um you know i saw you, you i know you're a social media guy and i saw somebody ask the question your favorite three holes in a row and kind of in golf and and of my design i I put 16 17 and 18 at macklemore right on the list so 16 is a, a long par four but but plenty of room off the tee you can just i mean you literally can Go ahead and take a good good swing at a driver and feel comfortable. The second shot plays fairly level, but it crosses over a, a rock uh, flume. You know, it's a waterway, it's, but it's a, it's a dry creek bed. You know, it, it, it's wet when it rains, but it's dry otherwise. But this creek bed is rock and beautiful fescue grasses, and it's one of the prettiest spots on the course. And then 17 is the fun hole. It's a par 5 that's reachable in two. It's a great birdie or eagle opportunity. But you stand on the tee, and you see the mountains all the way in the distance. So it's got one of the longest views on the whole golf course, but it's a scoring hole. So it's a hole you look forward to because you're going to have a really good chance. at. at if you're a bogey golfer, you have a good chance to make a par. If you're a, a better golfer, you've got a great birdie opportunity. And then from the 17th green, you wind down the cart path, and I call it our Lombard Street. So if you've been to San Francisco and seen Lombard Street, you can picture the S-curve going down this hill. And you're going down uh, through these S-curves, and you literally you cross a bridge that we had to put in place with a helicopter. We, we had wow. to fly this bridge and drop it in place with a helicopter. And you go across that, and then you come down to 18T. And when you're approaching the T's on 18, you get this incredible eastern view of Macklemore Cove, and then 18 just speaks for itself. So it's a great three-hole stretch. To finish the golf course and, and the whole course really has a lot of birdie holes and a lot of strong holes. And so you're, you're always sort of ebbing and, and flowing between, you know, challenges and opportunities. And it, if you struggle on one hole, wait for the next one because you've got a chance of playing some really good golf. Um, and if you're playing really good golf, be careful because you're going to hit a few holes along the way that are going to challenge you greatly. So it, it it's never, never dull.
2: So, someone came to you, if I came to you and said, Hey, Bill, I'm getting ready to go play the Macklemore, give me some advice. What are are some things you'd say make sure to do this, but also don't do that?
3: Oh, great question. So, yeah, you want to, you want to, you want to be in play off the tee. I mean, we do have some natural tall grasses on the edges, but again, we have widened that out um, on each, on each hole. I would tell you that it is a course that there, it is advantageous to play it twice uh, because of the nature of a mountain golf course there are some things you can't quite see and once you learn it you really go okay now it makes total sense to me but but playing it a second time is 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 very important we've got five par three they're very very much fun um, exciting uh, great opportunity and that makes it kind of a good scoring course because there are four par five five par three par 71 and so it's got a really nice nice mix of poles. And then one thing I haven't talked about yet is we've got just gorgeous bentgrass greens. And you know what's happening in the South, and I'm I'm as guilty as anybody, is we're doing a ton of ultradoor Bermuda greens in the South. And they're fantastic. But it is still definitely a treat to play great bentgrass greens. And Macklemore, because of its 2,000 feet above sea level, its elevation, its climate, it's very, very suitable for bent grass, and we got the new strain of bent grass called AU Victory, named after my alma mater, and it is a fantastic grass, and our superintendent has it dialed in right now as good as it gets.
2: Bill, you, you mentioned uh, a moment ago, but there's a lot of other things that the McLemore has to offer. Talk about all the other amenities that people will find when they go there.
3: Well, first you're going to like the climate. I mean, it literally, you feel like whether you've come out of Birmingham or Nashville or Knoxville or Atlanta or any of this, this southeast region, uh, which is our draw, you feel like you've entered a new place. You feel like you're, you are, like I said earlier, you feel like you're on vacation. Hiking is just wonderful up there because you've got such great, great topography and such incredible views. And then our clubhouse is under construction right now. And we can't wait to get it finished. Today I was watching the slate go on the roof. It's, it's a clubhouse with some great raw materials, uh, stone walls, uh, in, you know, beautiful wood, but also a slate roof. And it just fits very well. And it overlooks a six hole store course. And this might be one of my favorite experiences that I've been involved with. Um, we have packed an amazing amount of fun in six holes. And I'm telling you, you only need two clubs you need a wedge and a putter. And you can play the the whole thing and it, it, you can play it in 30 to 40 minutes and it's a great place to just have a have a great time. It's a great place to gamble if I'm allowed to to mention that because a lot of people <laughs> enjoy that. And so um and it's a place where we've already had numerous groups come and they just play till dark. They don't want to quit. You just keep going around and around and around cuz it's that much fun. And once our clubhouse opens I think it's going to be incredible how much fun it is to sit out on the back patio overlooking the short course. You look to the right, you look over the 18th hole down into Macklemore Cove. It is just
2: spectacular. Bill, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great work that you're doing on your website and on social media as well.
3: Yeah, so we're very active. Uh, You know, golf course design is a lot of fun. And so we like to um, post about it. So we're on 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 Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. Uh, if you just Google Bergen Golf, B-E-R-G-I-N-G-O-L-F, you'll find us. And same thing with the website. You'll find it that way as well. So um, uh, it's, we we like, uh, you know, showing people what we're doing. It's a lot of fun, and, and it's, we have a nice following as far as people, you know, they just like watching golf courses and how they're made. And, um, and we get to work on beautiful properties. We, this year we did two projects that have incredible waterfalls. I mean, incredible. One of them is a 200 foot waterfall and it's just an amazing spot. And then the other, Pen Highlands has this waterfall that literally practically sprays water on our, our 15th green. So it's an incredible, um, we're, we're just fortunate to work on amazing landscapes. So, uh, yeah, check us
2: out. Bill, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. Always learn a lot. I love your work. I love the things that you're doing, and the Macklemore is spectacular. Congratulations to you and your team.
3: Thank you, Chris. We look forward to seeing you up at Macklemore soon.
2: I appreciate you. Take care, Bill. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family.
3: Great. Thanks very much.
2: See you, Bill. That's a great Bill Bergen. BergenGolf.com is the website and you can follow him on social media as well, folks. I can't say enough spectacular things from what I've been able to see at the Macklemore and what their, what their site looks like and what the golf course looks like. And I'm a huge fan of Bill Bergen's work. And we've been fortunate, like I say, tonight was the eighth time that he has been a part of the show and checking out all the wonderful things that, uh, that he is putting together. Look forward to catching up with Bill again soon and checking out the Macklemore very, very soon
0: this segment of the show is brought to you by the pga tour superstore see why golfers everywhere are proud to call pga tour superstore their golf pro shop visit them online at pgatoursuperstore.com now back to chris and more of the show
2: all right now joining me here on next on the t is paul Brandlin. paul is the eastern sales manager for sun mountain sports who makes some of the best golf bags and pull carts on the market Sun Mountain's owner, Rick Reimers, also owns Thin Scooters, which are a very cool new way for players to get around the course versus traditional golf carts. Prior to Sun Mountain, Paul spent several years at Daytrek as a sales manager for their golf bags, and prior to that was a store manager for Nevada Bob's. So he has an extensive background in the golf industry. Going back to Paul's college days, he played his college golf at Portland State back in the mid-80s. He went on to Concordia University and earned his business degree in business management and communications. And I'm very excited to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Paul, thanks for coming on the show. Hey,
0: thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me.
2: So, Paul, anytime I have a, a guest join me for the first time, I always like to kind of find out you know, when did you first fall in love with the game and who was the first person to put a golf club in your hand.
0: Well, I actually started going to a uh, driving range with my father. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. There was a short par three and hit some balls and played there. And, and then I got to actually start caddying at a place called Waverly Country Club. It was uh, uh, Tiger Woods, actually, last junior amateur uh, title, I believe. So it was a nice club right down in the Willamette River in Portland. And so we got to play uh, free golf on Monday. So that's uh, that's what got me to into golf, uh, along with my dad and then, uh, got into the real retail business and, and, uh, and here I am today.
2: And you played a couple of years of college golf at, uh, at Portland state. Talk about, uh, your experience getting to play some college golf there.
0: Yeah, it was really just, it was just one year I made the team. I was a three sport uh, kid in high school and, you know, really had never really taken many lessons and just was kind of a. You know, a spring season golfer, so made the team, uh, but uh, didn't get to travel a lot. So that I, I quickly realized that I needed to uh, find something to do with my uh, career because it wasn't in golf. So playing golf.
2: <laughs> so talk about uh, your experience. You, you go from Portland State to Concordia. You get your your uh, your undergraduate degree, and then getting into the golf industry. Talk about how that progression took place.
0: Yeah, it really started right after high school. I started working at Nevada Bob's and, and, uh, just kind of expanded my duties and kind of fell in love with the business. And I'm kind of a people person. Uh, so I enjoyed the retail business. Ended up spending, gosh, I think it was, uh, until 96, 10 years at Nevada Bob's in Portland, uh, worked my way up to assistant manager, manager, and, uh, 10 year itch. Most people that are in retail that long, uh, get that itch. And, uh, uh, kind of a cool story. I met my wife at the 1995 PGA show. She worked for the owners of Daytrix. She was the secretary. Um, and uh, that was that was all that uh, that happened there. I got married to her, and uh, she ended up moving me back to the South. So that's how I ended up in Nashville.
2: So here you are now with, with Sun Mountain Sports. And uh, I tell you, the golf bags and the things that you guys have, when I was looking at them online, are absolutely spectacular. Talk about, um, you know, getting to be a part of sun mountain sports, and then let's talk a little bit about uh, the golf bags that you guys have to offer. It's it's a great company.
0: Uh, our owner, Rick Reimers, who you mentioned is a, is a, is a good player. And, you know, we've always talked about, you know, golf bags, golf products made by golfers. You know, most of the people at our our company are good golfers play golf have been around it for a long time. And, uh, you know we're a very nimble and quick company. I have heard a saying one time: it's not the uh, it's not the big that eat the small; it's the fast that eat the slow. And I truly believe that. I've been involved with product development teams over a, you know a couple of decades, and if you can move quickly on something, identify an opportunity. Um, so I think that's where we have a real competitive advantage, and Rick has has done that over his years from uh, making pings originally. Or, Golf bags originally for Ping and Callaway, lightweight materials. He grew up in South Dakota, moved to Northern California, was a golf professional, and he realized that golfers were carrying around, I'm sure you guys remember, these big, heavy vinyl bags from companies like Miller or Burton, and uh, he realized the need for a lightweight material in a golf bag. So the original uh, stick bag came out, which he he kind of farmed out to uh, Ping, and and uh, Callaway at that point, and uh, lightweight sandbags. And then he invented the first retractable leg sandbag in the late 80s called the Sun Mountain Eclipse Bag. And uh, so that, I remember in retail, we, we would get 70 or 80 of those things in, and they would just fly out of the stores. Uh, and then he uh, invented the push cart. Uh, it used to be a pole cart with two wheels. So we actually celebrated our 20th uh, anniversary of inventing that push cart. Uh, last year so 20 years ago from last year uh and then also the first uh, waterproof breathable stretch rain gear called the Rainflex. Uh, we've had tour pros wear that over the past so and then late later obviously we'll get to the fin cycle but uh, that's his latest invention
2: so i want to start by kind of going through some of the inventory that you just talked about and i want to start with the you know some of the light bags that you have available you have an eco light bag that I was reading that the fabric is actually made, each bag is uh, is constructed of a fabric that is from 20 recycled plastic bottles, which is outstanding, and it weighs less than four pounds. Talk about that bag.
0: Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, it, there's a real effort with everybody, obviously, to create sustainable uh, materials and products, and uh, that is one kind of came about that you know and we'll probably continue to expand that that's done well there's some great bright colors uh you don't add a whole lot of weight to it and uh and then it's you know it's sustainable so it's we're recycling uh those water bottles and using it in the materials uh, and we're actually a part of this program where we give back one percent uh, for the planet um you know they, they have a fund that they give back for environmental uh, causes so it's yeah, it's been again. It's been a been kind of a neat new product for us.
2: You mentioned a moment ago, Paul, that the bags are designed by golfers, and one of the things that struck me as I was looking over the different models, like the C130 line, are all the storage areas that you have in that bag. You know, all a, a different slot for every club, so we don't get the the rattling of our golf clubs as we're carrying it, or it's you know in the in the golf cart. Talk about you know the some of the different models, and really what sets them apart?
0: Well, like you mentioned, the C-130, for us, uh, we have always been known as a stand bag company, you know, in our early uh, origins. And the C-130, you know, has been out for over a decade now, and it's it's consistently rated the number one cart bag in the industry. Uh, It's our number one bag. It it has individual dividers that go all the way down. Like you say, there's pockets out front and the side of the bag everywhere where you would want a pocket. Uh, It has a cool name, so the brand identity or that model identity is kind of stuck with it. Uh, People come in and ask for it. Uh, We actually, uh, a couple, two years ago, came out with a uh, supercharged version of that bag, too. So if you're out there on the golf course, uh, you can plug your cell phone into a, a USB port that's kind of molded into the side pocket of that bag so you can charge your devices. A lot of the carts now have charging stations in them, but some people uh, run carts that don't, or maybe they use this on a push cart, so they want to keep their devices charged, whether it be a cell phone or a GPS unit or whatever. So that is is one. Uh, We also have uh, another cart bag that's designed more or less for our push carts that has a flatter top that has all the pockets on the top, so when you're pushing the cart, you have access to all your pockets um our most popular lightweight sandbag is the 2.5 plus which is 2.69 pounds you know i've been in the industry for a long long time and to my knowledge it's the lightest weight full-size sandbag that's ever been produced Uh, it's a very lightweight material we use um straps everything the plastic you end up paying more, more money to develop and gain access to these materials but Uh, For instance, like the legs are made of carbon fiber, Uh, that drives the price of the bag up about twenty to thirty dollars at retail. But uh, if you can get the the weight down to two point six six nine pounds, which we have, uh, there are a lot of people that uh, uh, that would really like to walk with something that light. It's really just incredible once you get your your clubs in there. The key is not to stuff the pockets full of uh, uh, you know dozens of balls drinks or whatever else you might throw in there so that's probably our best selling uh, lightweight sandbag and then we also have a sandbag that we just launched called the 2514 way and uh, it's 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 a slightly larger top than the 25 but it has individually sewn dividers that go all the way down and connect to the bottom so that bag weighs about three and a half pounds but again to have a bag with individual dividers that weighs three and a half pounds that you can carry and, you know, those guys out there that are, uh, they're organization freaks, uh, every club has to be in a certain slot and it actually protects your graphite shaft, five, six, $700 drivers too. So that's
3: nice.
2: Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of great advantages to that. You talk about saving the shaft, you save the, the grip. There's less of that clanking around that's distracting and, and that sort of thing. So I think that's a fantastic innovation. Um. And one of the other things that uh, I, I kind of want to get your thought and see where the market's going with all the social distancing that we're going to be doing now for the foreseeable future. Are you guys seeing a growth in carry bags, people wanting to walk, your push carts, all of those sorts of things versus wanting to ride?
0: Yeah, it's it, you know you know we're in, in this is strange times for everyone, and, and the fact that people are wanting to social distance and. You know, the, the great news is, is golf courses have been open and they've been flooded. Rounds are way up where, where I am in Nashville and I think across the country uh, when the golf courses have opened. But uh, absolutely, you know, we had a conference call with our owner, Rick, uh, probably two, three, four weeks ago. And uh, he talked about that. What what products uh, we think that this might be here for a while. So actually, our push carts are sold out right now until September. Uh, you know, we were obviously caught by surprise uh, you know, by by more and more people wanting to walk and, and during this time. So uh so we've ramped up production of, of push carts and we just can't get it enough of them right now. Our lightweight two five bag is pretty much sold down um to almost out of stock. So to your point, uh yeah, walking, walking, pushing a cart and and then this uh last Thing that we'll talk about is the fin cycle, which is really a lot of fun as well.
2: No doubt. And I want to get to that in just a second. But it, you, you mentioned that the push carts are now out of stock. And I know you've got three models of those, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about those push carts and and how easy they are to store and then use.
0: Yeah. So the, the original push cart design was the speed cart. And we still have that model, it's just kind of evolved. We've updated some of the accessories on it it has a uh uh, we have a number of patents which i think helps us kind of continue to innovate and keep the competition uh, from gaining any kind of a leg up but uh, this particular wheel in the front folds under Um, this is our most robust cart for let's say uh, fleet rentals that golf clubs are going to be bringing product in to, to leave out and they don't collapse down as much but it's a pretty rigorous cart uh, we've got bungee cords on the top and the bottom brackets, umbrella holders. We have a cell phone holder that has a charging station that can be applied to it. So that's our most popular uh, cart is the Speed Cart GX.
1: And then we have
0: a Pathfinder series that we launched uh, a couple of years ago off of a cart called the MicroCart. And really that was going after the collapsible cart. Um, so this particular product, the Pathfinder 3 and 4, we have a three-wheeled version and a four-wheeled version four, a little bit more stability on side hills, three, obviously, uh, similar to our speed cart. But the key to these carts is that, uh, they fold down really in about two seconds. And, uh, you know, there's competitors out there that that do pretty well in this category. And, but one of the things we really wanted to try to do was to make the cart fold down very quickly, uh, because they're, you know, some of the other carts take quite a while to fold down. So, uh, so the Pathfinder 3 and 4, much more collapsible, about 20 to 30% lighter in weight. And, uh, you know, we're really selling a lot of products now to schools, colleges, and high schools. And this is one that, in particular that they like because they can fold it down quickly. It doesn't weigh very much, and they can transport it easily because it doesn't take
1: up as much space.
2: Now let's talk about the fin scooters because this is probably one of the coolest things to head golf in, in a very long time. Talk about what that is.
0: Yeah, so our owner, Rick, uh, you know, he, he's ridden various products, the Segway, the golf board, and, and found them a little bit different, difficult to ride. Uh, you end up focusing a little bit more on the ride as opposed to your golf game. So he really kind of boiled it all the way down to, well, everybody knows how to ride a, a bicycle. So that's what he came out with was last year we started shipping in July, uh, what is known as the Fin Cycle. Um, and it's, 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 you know, it's basically a sister company of Sun Mountain Sports. It's, uh, it's under the umbrella of Thunder, Sun Mountain Motorsports. But basically, it's a two wheel electric scooter that looks like a motorcycle, but it only weighs about 75 pounds. I get a lot of looks. Chris, because I, when I transport mine right now, I just basically hoist it up on the, the back of my uh, Toyota Highlander on a bike rack and I'm going down the interstate and I get all kinds of looks, but uh, it's great. Um, the number one reason and not a lot of people kind of know this is the, the number one reason why golf is not growing is that people don't have the four and five hours that it takes to play around. I'm a parent of three kids. Travel sports, I think, has really impacted uh, golf. And uh, So if I could tee off at 7.30 and, and with three other players and play in two to two and a half hours on a fin cycle, which I can, then we think that a guy that plays five or ten rounds might all of a sudden play 15 or 20 rounds. And if we can multiply that by the amount of golfers out there that just don't have the time to play anymore because they're into everything, uh, we think this can have some a real substantive impact on the growth of the game for the future.
2: So, and I agree with that a hundred percent. It seems like it's, it's a no-brainer for how it'll let the, the pace of play improve. Who knows how much? Right? Are, are you starting to see courses starting to reach out, bring more of those in, and start to replace the traditional golf cart? How are how are how is the industry embracing it?
0: It's embracing it good. It's been a little bit slower than we anticipated only because you know the golf business is is fairly slow to change. And uh it's been good to see the USGA come out with new rules, you know, I I don't know about you, but even before the uh, pandemic it's you know I was leaving the flag in all the time. So uh, it's been nice to see a relaxing of the rules and uh but but we really see uh, uh I for instance I have a course in Memphis, it's just across the border in Mississippi. He started out with four. He called me 30 days later in the early fall and said, Paul, these things are going great. People are coming back to ride them. They're having a blast. Uh, and he's actually adding an additional eight scooters in the next couple of weeks. So he's going to have 16 chin cycles, and he's going to promote the first four tee times every day. You're going to play in two to two and a half hours. So that is that is the primary reason Rick designed it. But the ancillary uh, benefit uh, that we discovered is this, and maybe even more important, is just a ton of fun. People, right. the, the demographic stretches from 20. I had an 84-year-old guy last week uh, take a demo ride on. So the demographic is from you know from 16 all the way to to 80 of people that might ride these things. And when they when you get somebody on the Finn scooter, I mean, they're, you, they smile. I've never seen anybody get on one and not just have a huge smile on their face.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing, Paul. I mean, it, to me there's there's so many wins by having it. I mean, it, yeah, I it's going to make the game even that much more fun. I mean, for those of us that love the game, we love the game. But now you get sure. to inject that sort of another another way to have fun while you're out there and it improves the pace of play. I I don't see why we wouldn't have these things, you know, you guys not being able to, fly, you know, keep up with the man. They'd be flying off the out the whatever you know, out of the parking lot, out out of the garage, whatever however you keep these things. But they just seem like a ton of fun, and just make tons of sense. I gotta believe that this is going to be huge for the game of golf.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've seen a big uptick in sales in the last, uh, I would say, 60 to 90 days. We we were at the PGA show last year and this year, and and now you're starting to see you know examples where people are bringing in you know four. They want to test the waters, but then they're yeah, I think single rider carts. I think will be uh, you know a, a portion of a a cart fleet in the future of maybe fifty percent, sixty percent. I I really believe that. So.
2: Yeah, I, and I would I would hope it's even bigger than that because I, like I say, it just to me it makes tons of sense and it makes the game that much more fun. And you know you, we already look forward to playing. Now you get an opportunity to ride on on one of the fin cycles, and I think that would make the game even you know that much more fun for people to get out there and anticipate getting to play wherever starting to choose, hey look, they got fin cycles over at this course. Let's go play there versus where we where we typically play because it would just make the game that much more fun to be a part of. well um, I, just
0: spoke with, called, yeah, I just spoke with somebody in western Kentucky and he said those exact words. He, he's he's seeing people just come to his course to, just to ride those. So
2: Yeah, and I would I would certainly understand why you'd do that. Uh, just a couple more, Paul, before I let you go and uh, you mentioned yep. the p g a Merchandise Show, and if we get to have one in january of, of, of twenty one so you know six, seven months from now um and I'm not asking you to give any trade secrets away, but are, are there some hints to some things that uh, we might look forward to coming out from from Sun Mountain or from Finn scooters uh, fin cycles that uh, we might uh you know anticipate or look forward to seeing uh, at the show?
0: Yeah, we have not, Chris, uh, exhibited Sun Mountain uh, bag outerwear, uh, at the PGA show for, gosh, I think about six or seven years now. Uh, you know, we have 36 reps across the country and they're in their accounts all the time. And we've just kind of chosen to kind of take a different direction and just, uh, you know, spend some money in different areas of the company. But uh we've been there with Finn in the last two PGA shows. We'll be there again this year. And, uh, there might be something new uh, down there this year. You'll have to uh you'll have to check it out.
2: All right, fair enough. Paul, before I let you go, let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things you guys are doing whether it's on your website and in following uh, both the brand and you on social media.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's uh sunmountain.com uh, for the golf bags, outerwear and push carts and then ten scooters website. You can actually go on there and and uh, there is a course locator, so you can put your zip code in and find out where you can go and, and ride a fin cycle. Uh, I urge you to do it because it's great fun and uh, uh, social media, you know, the same same tags uh, on that as well.
2: Well, Paul, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come and be a part of the show. You're fantastic, my friend. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime.
0: Absolutely, Chris. Thank you. And I'll give a plug to Macklemore. Uh, I've played a couple of his uh, courses here recently and, and just recently been up to Macklemore. It's one of my accounts. It's a, it's a beautiful facility.
2: Well, I've, like I say, I'm tickled pink to to have them now as part of the show and, and looking forward to experiencing it myself, hopefully very soon. Paul, take care my Great. friend. Thanks All so the much. best to you and your family. Stay safe. Look forward to catching up Thanks soon.
0: Thanks for having me, Chris. Okay. Thank you.
2: T- See you, Paul. That is Paul Brandlund and then Sun Mountain Sports is uh, is the brand, sunmountain.com. And folks, I'm telling you, you got to go online and check out these pin cycles. I mean, it, it's like a, a small motorcycle that you can strap your bag to and, and off you go to your ball. And it, it would be a fantastic way to maintain the social distance that, that we all have to do right now. But more, moreover, it's just another added layer to have fun out on the golf course. Uh, I can definitely see a time where you start to think about, well, I could just go play, you know, this golf course and, you know, the mild sort of tried and true. Hey, but think of these spin cycles over at this course. Go try that and see what that's like. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And I'm looking forward to, you know, finding a course that, that's starting to add those and see what that's like. So kudos to those guys. All right, before I get to my next guest, I want to give another shout out to our new sponsor, the Macklemore. The Macklemore mountaintop community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. Surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts, the resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020, plus planned hotel and conference center. The dramatic 18-hole course is made up of a variety of golf experiences, combining canyon holes, highland holes, cliff edge holes, that are well-suited for the beginning golfer as well as the senior player. McLemore also offers a wonderful six-hole short course called the Cairn. Designed by Bill Bergen, the Cairn provides players with a short warm-up or cool-down before or after a round, or a relaxing way to improve one's game with family and friends. McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at the themaclemore.com or give them a call at 800-329-8154. All right, now I want to play that interview I was telling you about at the top of the show where uh, I got to spend some time with Andy Lano right after he had gone out and played over at Old Head, which is a spectacular golf course over in Ireland. Go online to oldhead.com to check it out for yourself. Take a listen to Andy's experience while he was over there playing. All right, now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line. This is one of the wonderful things about doing this show and, be, and becoming uh, you know acquaintances and then becoming friends. From there is, uh, is having guys like my next guest, Andy Lano II, joining me on the show. Andy sent me a, uh, a text message on, uh, on my drive home tonight telling me about a recent trip that he had and uh, something that uh, we talked about here on the show a couple of weeks ago out to a course called Old Head. And folks, if you haven't you know listened to that segment, please go back, find us on, uh, we're on so many different podcasting sites. Certainly, you can find us on Podbean and iHeartRadio. And take a look and take a listen to uh, that uh, that segment because uh, it was fortunate enough that uh, I got to have their uh, brand manager Brent Dornford from Old Head on the show and talking about what a wonderful place it is and uh, it has certainly risen to the one of the top courses that I have on my bucket list to go play and it's an absolutely spectacular piece of property one that's you know barely twenty years old but you'd swear it had to have been there since the this you know sixteen or seventeen hundreds. Because uh, let me just tell you, it is on a piece of land in Ireland that stretches out two miles. It's a peninsula now, two miles out into the ocean and 300 feet above it. And it's got a great golf course on it. Well, anyway, uh, Andy uh, sent me a text message and said, guess what? I played Old Head and it was spectacular. I said, geez, will you come on the show and talk about what it was like? And he said, absolutely. And I'm very honored that he's taken a few minutes out of his night to come back on the show. Hey, Andy, how are you?
1: Hey Chris, doing great. Yeah, doing great. Love the show. And uh yeah, it, you just explained it. It was absolutely fabulous.
2: Yeah. What got you there and what was it like?
1: Well, it, it was a pre-planned trip. I had uh eight of my buddies. We started last September planning the trip. We None of us had been to Ireland to play golf and we've heard all the great stories about playing Lynx golf. As you know, it's so much different than American golf because you obviously play it along the ground, which a lot of us don't have a whole lot of experience doing, but hey, you know we wanted to go over there and, and give it a whirl. So we scheduled some of the the six top, really top golf courses in Southwest Ireland over there, and our first course was like Inch, where they're actually playing, you know, the Irish Open this week. But anyway, Old Head was our second course, and you know you see all the pictures and you hear all the raves and all that, and we had like a two-hour limo ride to it, and we got up to the point and they Steel gates opened up, and you go down this single lane road to the clubhouse. And the minute that happened, that was it for me. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, the it was the conditions were outstanding. Um, They treated you just like you know a member, because they don't know any different. I mean, I got the same treatment that you know uh, the members, the normal members get. I mean, they did that for everybody. The caddies were terrific. The food was terrific. After I mean, we played it in a 40 to 15 mile an hour wind, and my caddy told me that he told me now that it was the sun was out, so it was fine. But like, if I told you some of the stories, like hitting nine irons 210 yards versus crushing my three wood 185 into the wind, so I'm not sure by any means. But but the the challenges, like like your your guest had mentioned about taking on the element. We definitely took them all on, and the caddy that I had told me that if they had conditions like this for a tournament, everybody would walk in. <laughs> I said, "Well, it's too pretty out here. There's no way I'm walking in." I can tell you that. <laughs> it was it was amazing. I don't care if I shoot a thousand. It was incredible.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so so that's that's an interesting point, right? I mean, if it it was sunny. And you got 40 to 50 mile an hour winds. Yeah, you'd have to drag me off the course, too. How did, but, you know, how did you deal, right? How did you figure out how, how far things were going to travel and, and all of that? Or is that really secondary? Like, it doesn't matter what I score. I'm out here at Old Head. Well, this is spectacular. Well, but, I don't care.
1: Yeah, you know what? You're right. But just, just being the competitor and the ex kind of competing kind of individual that I am and having my tour caddy experience. I'd caddied in conditions like that many, many times. So I, I considered myself to have an advantage that day on my, on my cohort, so to speak. And then to have the local caddy who had been there quite a long time and to have his input on green reading, et cetera, it was, it was interesting to have him try to say, you know, you probably need to hit this. And I'm thinking, no, bro, I go, I'm going down two clubs and he'd look at me kind of funny. And all of a sudden, I hit a nine iron in there 12 feet from 190 because all you do is you just get it up in the wind and the thing just goes and bounces. So it was, uh it was definitely challenging, but um it you know, it was uh quite uh, spect- a very fair golf course, even in the wind wide fairways, tremendous condition. I mean, honestly the greens were lightning and obviously they got a few of them got borderline unplayable with a 50 mile an hour wind like the, but, but I mean, again, that was all kind of secondary. That's just the way it worked out. And we did catch great weather in Ireland, actually, um, for our six days that we were there.
2: So, Andy, for, for those of us who have seen the pictures but wonder what it's like to be on that golf course, condition, wind decides and all that sort of stuff, okay, kind of take us through it. Like, let us see it through your eyes. What was the golf course like, and what was the scenery and the surroundings
1: like? So, honestly, it's pretty hard to concentrate. Um I'm looking out almost every hole. I'm going to think almost every one of them. I can't remember, maybe one or two where you cannot look out over a cliff. And you got to be careful where you're walking, too. I mean, they they are real guarded out there. But, I mean, just the view and to think that you're trying to hit a golf shot. Like, I aimed one hole. I remember it was a par three. It looked like you could spit on the green. I aimed it eighty yards right, eighty yards right of it and the wind brought it back. Like you and then another wow. time I sent one out over the ocean. Like I tried to hit it in the ocean and the wind blew it back onto the fairway. So you have wow. to have a really kind of a kind of a an imagination that you probably never have taken on before because you really don't get those kind of conditions here unless you're, you know, at Pebble or you're on the coast somewhere where it can blow a little bit, whatever. But I mean, like I tell people and not to knock pebble, but I mean, this place was pebble on steroids. It it was incredible. (laughs) Like it was, it was amazing. I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, you know, say enough great things about it. And like I was saying earlier to you, I look forward to getting another swing at it when I actually know where I'm going. Cause you know, when you play a course blind, It's kind of tough to try to figure out, you know, but when you get that one round, you kind of know, you know what, I I know that knobs over there. I know that certain things kind of in that place and that that makes it even more fun.
2: You mentioned, you know, having to be careful where you walk, because, again, it sits about 300 feet above the Atlantic Ocean and you got rocks and all that other stuff. So, you know, when you're peering over the edge every once in a while, what's it like?
1: Well, the way I was playing golf that, that day, I almost wanted to jump, but I didn't because, you know, it's, you can't, you can't take yourself too serious or golf too serious. But I mean, it's, it's honestly, you just, you just are amazed that God could put a place like that on this earth. And I mean, it is in in the creation of the individual that went out there and he did and and was able to make it like it's not like it's a very playable kind of place. And it, and it looks like it's been there a thousand years, and it's only been there 20 years, which is a real compliment to it. I mean, the, the clubhouse is very new and very outstanding and beautiful, and the food that we had in there was terrific. And but yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is, it's you know, as you know, golf's a sport of concentration, but it's hard to concentrate out there when you're looking at waves crash and and I mean, the wind was whistling and the the, the water, I mean, it was just, it's, it was, uh, I, I've never had an experience like that and I've been all over the world and caddied in some spectacular places, but that one definitely reached the top of my list after, you know, and I just feel fortunate enough that I was able to, you know, go out there and spend four and a half hours. One of the things you that, uh, you, you, you definitely us. need to go for sure. <laughs> Put yeah, it on your bucket. I, I promise High you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: After, after Augusta National and the old course comes old head on my bucket list, Andy. I promise you that's, it's it's risen quickly to the top. One of the things that, uh, that Brent told when he came on the show was how they had, uh, you know, some severe storms, you know, back in the day and, uh, waves crashing all the way up onto the golf course. So you figure that's 300 ish feet. He said they came out one time and there was just, littered the the the, uh the golf course was littered with golf balls that the ocean theoretically spit back out and uh because of the waves can you imagine something like that happening is that something that seems like folklore or or having experienced the 50 mile an hour winds can you say you know what that could happen
1: no no i i believe them and and i can say that i donated and one of those balls might have been mine but i mean i i I can (laughs) say that it's definitely for sure feasible in the the interesting story that the caddy told me, he said that when the fog comes in there, because all of a sudden you could be playing and it's perfect, and all of a sudden fog comes in, they blow a horn and they tell everybody to stand still. They do not want you to move. They actually come out and get you. So, I mean, that's kind of freaky when you think about it. <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. if you're you at a golf course, you could find your way back to the, they don't even want anybody because. If you, you know, make a mistake, it, there isn't much room out there. You could, you know, it might not be good. So when he told me that, and after walking five or six, seven holes, I'm like, yeah, I can see that for sure. But for sure on the, I mean, Mother Nature is something, as you know, you can never underestimate. And if those swells <laughs> are getting that high and blasting up on the, and that fairway that he talks about actually is kind of a downhill um, par five, number 17, pretty hole. So I don't want to say it wasn't the highest of the three hundred feet, but it was still quite a drop from there. And I it wouldn't surprise me at all to have, have the uh, uh the ocean and the Atlantic Ocean spit those balls back out onto the property. That I, I'm a believer after what I saw for sure.
2: Andy, just a couple more a couple more before I let you go, and you said you've caddied out there where there have been, you know, conditions similar to that. What kind of events did you uh, were you a caddy at where you saw winds that uh, that whipped that hard?
1: Well, let's see the well one of them for sure was uh, that I don't know if you remember but you might the the Honda Classic we used to play it at TPC um, what was it Eagle Trace Eagle Trace okay so this is a course where you know in Florida and I mean, like the average score when we got done that day, it's like 78 for the PGA Tour. So if you shot wow. four, oh, four, four, you shot a, I think par was 72. If you shot two or three over, you picked up tons on the field. And if you go back, obviously the Honda is not played there anymore. Um, You know, they moved courses, but that was one of one of the high wind places that that I played. Pebble Beach got up there a few times in the in the AT&T for sure um, to where, you know, you were lucky, you know, if your rotation, you were on Spyglass, you would love it life because you sure didn't want to be on Pebble trying to play 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 in a left to right crosswind blowing 40. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's it, the wind is the most feared element of any PGA Tour golfer. And he'll be the first to tell you that they'll play in the rain. They're playing the cold, they're playing everything, but the wind is the one that is the great equalizer, the one that they really can't conquer, or they can, but that's the hardest one for them to conquer, is what I saw in my experience out there.
2: So Andy, before I let you go, and just to finish up on Old Head, uh, you've certainly seen all the world's best for, for the most part. Where does Old Head rank for you amongst uh, the best courses to play?
1: I mean, for me, it's in, it's in my top five. Okay. So obviously I put the masters and I put, you know, I put St. You know, St. Andrews is more historic for me. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, I like LA North. I mean, I like some of the McKenzie places like the the Valley club and Tiempo, and some of the, you know, the West coast secrets. And, you know, there's some great, you know, obviously some tons of great courses here in America, but, I mean, this place. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen anything close to it. Like I said, I mean, Pebble Beach would be the closest that I've seen, and I haven't played a lot of courses on cliffs like that. But I mean, this—it's magnificent. And, and to think, I mean, the, the the rate to play it as a non-member is 430 bucks. Well, they charge like I think it's over 500 now to play Pebble. So it's a heck of a right. deal, <laughs> to say the least. So. Like I said, if anyone's thinking about going out to Ireland and they're going to go, make sure you go and find a way that, that your your scheduling company or whoever they, you're working with, that they get that one in there because it is special for sure. Andy,
2: thank you so much, first of all, for uh, for sharing it with me on my way home. And then second, uh, for taking time out of your night to come back and uh, and tell the story. It was awfully nice of you to do both of those things. I hope you'll come back and join me again soon and talk about all the great places that you get to play and uh, whether it's now or the ones that you have seen, because uh, it's been great having you. Uh, It was a couple of weeks ago when you were part of the show and certainly again
1: tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it, Chris, and love the show. And and, uh, anytime I contribute to help you out, I'm here for you. I appreciate it. Hey, let our listeners know how they can follow you on social media. So, social media, I'm on, uh, you can A Lano 02 on Twitter, and then it's A G Lane 02 on Instagram. And uh, and, got, and they can go to, you know, www.golfmastery.net and they can check out, you know, my experiences and, and uh, things that I'm doing now to help grow the game of golf.
2: Andy, again, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, you're spectacular. I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
1: Thank you, Chris. Travel safe on the way home. Take care.
2: <laughs> See Andy, thank you. You too. It's Andy Lano, L A N O, and uh, I know, two I, so for two. So Andy Lano too. He's uh, he's a great follow. He's doing a lot of really good things. GolfMastery.net is his uh, website. Check him out there as well. And folks, again, if you haven't checked out Old Head, OldHead.com, very easy. Go check out the pictures and then their website and take a look at how spectacular that piece of property is. And how great that golf course is, and you'll understand why I and my good friend, you know, uh, you know, not only Andy, but my boy Angelo Kane, uh, as well, when uh, he heard the the segment of the show, went to check it out and said, "We got to go." He's like, "That is now at the top of my you know my must playlist, my bucket list course," and uh, I couldn't agree with him more. We got to make sure that we make that happen because it is a uh, it's a it really is something, folks, and you'll see when you go check out their website. That was uh, my interview earlier with Andy Leno, And again, a Leno, i i so a Leno on uh, on Twitter. Andy's a, a wonderful friend and, uh, as you can tell, a, a great storyteller as well. And he's got a million of them. So looking forward to getting Andy back on the show again soon. And go online, check it out, oldhead.com. That place is absolutely a wonder. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks again to Bill Bergen, Paul Brandland, and uh, Andy Leno. Uh, what a wonderful interview and, and good time it was having Andy uh, when we did that interview a while ago. But my sincere thanks to those three guys. Please check out our website at nextonthetee.net to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And you can stream us as a free podcast all over the net. And big thanks go out to our friends at podcast.co, and that's not .com, so that's just .co. So podcast.co, they've been a huge supporter of ours. Can't thank them enough, as well as our friends over on Podbean. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, and Player.fm. Folks, thanks again for choosing to listen to the show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the Tee a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.